Hi, it's Connie from Prosperity Finance. Share the best financial tips so that you can be more successful with achieving your financial goals. Today, I'm going to talk about DTI, debt to income ratio. It could be a quite new concept to you, or you probably heard from the media many times so far. Now, um, the reason I want to discuss this topic today is because um, Reserve Bank has finally got a green light from the Finance Minister Grant Robertson to have DTI as a tool uh, to control financial stability. Just like LVR or um, in interest-only uh, rule, etc. If Reserve Bank have this tool in place, then they can uh, enforce banks uh, to implement uh, and, and monitor uh, that tool and make sure that um, people can only borrow certain amounts uh, to control the financial stability. It's indeed, it's good for the banking system. But if you are invested, you're looking to grow your property portfolio, it's indeed a very bad news. Now, in my opinion, I think it's kind of overkill because banks are already really uh, tightened uh, their lending policy. Now, despite the interest rates, um, it's only 2%, sub 2%, but some banks was even using 7.25% as test interest rates to test if, if you can afford uh, the loan at that level, that level of interest. So, you know, while you have these high test rates and um, and very low LVR ratio, I think DTI is just unnecessary. Now, Reserve Bank, um, they just won't have these two in place. They didn't say they're going to use it immediately. I think for now, um, it's still early stage because recently government has introduced some policies to um, reduce uh you know, the, the housing market heat, right? So it really depends on how it goes, right? Um, they may not need to use a DTI uh, immediately. Um, and also uh, the DTI is not finalized yet. Uh, in terms of how the income is measured, how the, uh, the ratio is defined and what are the exemption is still unknown. So we don't really know at this stage. It's going to take at least six months for Reserve Bank to finalize everything. And then uh, they use that to, um, if they see fit. So we don't know how long it's going to take, but it looks like at least we have another six months. Now, um, even though we can't control the policy, we can't stop Reserve Bank having that tool, you know, in that toolbox. But at least we can start reviewing our strategy and see what we can do to minimize the impact. Therefore, today I'm going to talk to you about uh, this DTI thing and see who's impacted, what kind of impact looks like, and what are the strategy. Now, at the moment, ESB already had a DTI ratio as part of their uh, lending policy. In fact, it's already started uh, last year about yeah, this time last year. Um, so after COVID um, in New Zealand. Uh, so currently, they, um, in terms of the income, uh, for job income, they use the net income. Uh, for rental income and border income, they use gross income. Uh, and then they set the maximum debt to seven times of the total income. 
So if you only bank with the ASB and you are investors, you probably already reached the borrowing ceiling. But in fact, other banks have not had this policy in place. Um, they may introduce that policy, but once the Reserve Bank um, set the rule and say banks, you have to use it, then they have to use it. But at the moment, ASB voluntarily use this. Okay, um, so uh, just give you an example what the DTI could look like from ASB example. Now, so who's going to impact by this thing? So it looks like it will be investors because uh, at the moment, if you just want to borrow uh, money to buy a home, uh, it's not an issue because bank already have servicing calculation to limit your borrowing capacity. Uh, it will be within seven times. So you won't breach the DTA. However, if you are investors, it's more likely that if the DTA is set as seven times, you won't be able to buy any more unless your um, other income, your job income, for example, at really, really high level. So it really affects people who just start up uh, building their property portfolio, want to buy a few property from now. Uh, now, because the property already is so expensive, the rental yield is so low, uh, it's very hard to borrow with the DTI uh, measurements. Also for people who are looking to buy in the area that's um, already very expensive, like Auckland, Wellington, Queenstown, and Taranga, these places, um, they are average prices, probably a, a mill or over a mill. Um, so um, for the similar reason, uh, the rental yields is really low. So you won't be able to um, borrow anymore if the DTI become effective. Now, this is just a high level. Now, today I actually um, made up an example to show you, you know, exactly how that impact look like. So let me share this example with you. Okay, so um, on the left-hand side, um, we uh, assume the purchase price is 950K. So you're buying a rental property for 950K. Now, I have some assumptions. Uh, the long term is set for 30 years and the tax interest rate is 6%. Now, at the moment, bank use uh, 5.0 to uh, 7.25 as tax interest rates uh, for your borrowing capacity. So let's use 6% as average. Um, and then let's assume you borrow 100% of the purchase price. This is not the LVR. LVR is the loan to value ratio. The value means the security value. Here, I'm just talking about the purchase price. So you borrow 950K. Now, the next assumption is about the rental uh, discount. Now, um, with the bank lending policy at the moment, they set the scale at 75 to 80%. The other 25%, 20 to 10, 25%, is actually take care of the vacancies, the other operating expenses like uh, insurance rates, um, fixed water charge, property management, etc. So they don't require you to have a financial statements to approve your expenses. They simply um, take out 25% uh, to cover these uh, other costs or reduce uh, or, or, or reduce the rents if you not fully rented for the whole year. Now we also assume the DTI is set at seven times. 
Okay, so now move move to the middle parts. The middle parts is the servicing calculation that banks already have at the moment. Now, if the loan requires 950K, now if we want just to use the rental income, the new rental to cover the servicing requirements, that means we don't rely on our job income or any other income, just the rent, the new rent income. Then that rent, uh, monthly net rent has to be $5,696. So if we convert it to uh, weekly gross income, that means you have to rent it for $1,753. This is for a property you can purchase for 950K. So it looks like very impossible to have this high um, rental yield. Now, if we work out the gross rental yield is only, uh, it's, it's um, 9.59%. 9, 9 now just put into context, uh, I live in Auckland. I think in Auckland, the um, average uh, gross rental yield probably um, less than 4%, it's around 3.5 on average. So, but the banks require the gross rental yield of 9.59, okay? So that means in order to buy a rental property, you need to have this rental yield or you have to have other income uh, from your job income, from your existing rental to cover, um, you know, to supplement um, that rental yield, okay? Um, so we can see that uh, yield is already very high. That's why people have a ceiling. You probably buy one or two or maybe three uh, if you have a high job income. Then you get to the ceiling stage which means you can't borrow anymore. You know, people used to ask me from time to time, why some people can have a really big property portfolio? Well, the reason are, um, so firstly, um, you know, a few years back, the property are not this expensive. Now your salary uh, compared to the house price, uh, you know, is have a better ratio than now. And also the rent is increased, uh, not at the same pace as the house price increase. So it's getting harder and harder to borrow because the servicing part, um, it's, it's increased at a reduced speed as the house price, okay? And also people who really, really have a good um, big portfolio, they don't just buy the rental and, and then just rent it out. They always do something about their property. They probably renovate it. They probably add, um, you know, add another room or um, have another dwelling. So they always try to improve the, cash flow and, um, you know, make it as close as to the uh, bank requirements, uh, required yield. So that's why people can't, you know, buy as many property as past because of these factors. Now, if the DTI introduced, let's look at the right-hand side. In order to borrow 950K, the rent has to be $2,610. And the gross rental yield is 14.29%. You know, it's really ridiculous. Even at 9% is impossible. If we um, have to find something at 14%, you know, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely impossible. All right. So um, it just means you can't really borrow anymore once the DTI in place. So what are the impact? Firstly, like we just saw, you can't really borrow more if you want to buy a rental property. 
And secondly, if you have interest-only loan and it's come to the end of the interest-only term, you want to extend for another few years, um, bank will do a full review on you and they will consider the DTI if DTI is in place. Uh, also, if you're trying to partial discharge a property, what well, the partial discharge means is, let's say you have multiple property secured to the same bank and you want to take one property away from that bank, maybe because you want to sell that property or you want to refinance, but you still have other security or other loans with that bank. So you're doing partial discharge. When you do partial discharge, bank also do full credit review. So they will review your DTI as well. So if DTI is in place, the partial discharge could be an issue. So it affects your borrowing capacity, affects the interest only rollover. It also affects partial discharge. So what are the strategies available right now? Firstly, I would recommend if you are thinking about buying more rental property, buy them now. I know with the current bank policy for UMI, um, it's already very hard, you know, set at 9% uh, gross yield, but at least you have other income to subsidize um, uh, that yield. Uh, that means it's still possible if you buy now. If you with the right structure, with the right banks, it is definitely possible. But when the DTI uh, put in place, it just makes even harder for the servicing ability. So buy now. Now, the second point I want to make, or second strategy, is focus on the cash flow. We know the end game for property investments is the capital growth. We want to build wealth through property. So we want that equity build up over time. However, in order to buy the property, you need to get uh, enough cash flow in order to borrow more. So for cash flow, you focus on the job incomes. So you probably the single income earner. So see if you can have two income earners or change another job with a higher income. I know it's not easy, but if you want to have more pro rental property, think about this um, uh, angle and see if you can improve your job income. Now for your rental properties, try to improve the cash flow um, by adding value by buying at a higher rental yield property. So um, the cash flow is very critical. Now, the last uh, strategy I want to make, it's, it is not new strategy because I've been talking about in different uh, videos. It's about splitting banks. Why? When you're splitting banks, you minimize the risk of um, um, having a negative lending policy. Now, what we notice is over the last few years is a bank have different policy from one to, to the other. It's not the same. So if one bank introduce um, lending policy that have adverse impact on your borrowing capacity, the other bank might work. But if you have everything with one bank, you just stuck there, right? And also with uh, the partial discharge, if you just have one property with one bank, there's no partial um, discharge required because you simply pay off uh, the loan for that particular property. There's no other security within the same bank. So split bank as much as you can, that will definitely help you. So in summary, um, the DTI is inevitable, but you still have a time. So uh, take advantage of, you know, for, for, the, for the time being and 
um, buy it now, focus on cash flow, and um, review your structure and splitting bank if you can. Um, for your personal situation, I would recommend if you uh, want to get um, customer advice, get in touch with us. Uh, we will let you know how to do it uh, in your own situation. So hope you find this video useful. Um, if you have any question, feel free to drop us an email, um, leave a comment. Um, so we really want to hear what your question so that we can answer directly and also let other people um, more people benefit from, from the answer as well. So thank you so much for your time. I will see you next time. Bye-bye.